Hey friends, on this week's episode of The Danny Morell Show, I've got a special treat for you. As you know, Relentless is known for being an incredible, life-changing, and business-altering three-day event. And we've been blessed to have some incredible guest speakers, Gary Vaynerchuk, Rob Dyrdek, Ed Milet, Alex Rodriguez. And this year, we were fortunate enough to have Kobe Bryant come and bless us with not only um, some great, great insights into his basketball life, but really, I would say, his great insights into his mindset. Enough of you have reached out to us that want to see his interview, and so we're going to be releasing a clip from it right now this week. Now, I will say this, if you were not at Relentless, or many of you were, and you want to get the entire three-day recording of it, it is available. Simply go to relentlessevent.com, and you'll see a link there. Click on it, and you'll be able to download it and have it forever to enjoy. Watch this episode. You're going to enjoy it. Myself interviewing the man himself, the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. (sighs) Have you guys had an awesome experience so far? So um, I, I don't know, but um, somebody just signed my jersey. And I'll tell you, this has been, this guy is, I just love his energy. Just, just, it was, this was absolutely awesome. I don't know what to say other than where are my questions, because I handed them to somebody, and you are in for a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody up, you are on your feet right now for the Black Mamba the greatest there's ever been who's played this game, Kobe Bryant! (laughs) Kobe, everybody! Tell, this, is a, this is the last day of what, four days? Three, three days. Three days? Yeah. yeah. Everybody's a little turned up in here already. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of energy in here. A lot of energy. A lot right. of energy. I yeah. like it. I like it. So, um, you guys ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. MVP! MVP! <laughs> MVP! 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 <laughs> Woo! So we're excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, we've, thank been, you. Uh, we've been working for three full days on, quite frankly, on being the best version of ourselves. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, our, our subconscious beliefs and our kind of old habits get, get, get in the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we've been working on. And, you know, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, when I decided on who I wanted to bring this year, I knew it had to be you because you represent nothing gets in your way. You're going to go out and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Mamba mentality is what we want to learn about today. Right, guys? Yeah? All right. Yeah. So, uh, so I got a couple questions. Sure. And the first one is you were born in Philadelphia. Yep. Yet you spent quite a bit of your time uh, as a child in Italy. Yep. Right? Uh, what was it like having to move away from the States learn a new language, and how did that experience play a role in who you ultimately became? Well, it was, uh, you know, when we moved, I was six. 
and you know, my sisters were seven and eight. And at the time, we didn't know anything. Right. Right. We were in Philadelphia. We didn't know much. You know, our parents kind of tricked us into saying, well, you know, at the age of 12, you could ride around on like a moped and drive around. That got us excited about moving to Italy. Right. So, right. Um, but once we moved over there, it was amazing because we didn't really understand, you know, kind of the, the, the shift that was occurring. Right. You know, you get there, um, you're immediately put into an Italian school right. where nobody speaks English. And uh, you have to adapt. You have to adapt. You have to adjust. And uh, I think it had a way of opening our minds a little bit more to what's possible mm. and uh, being able to or being willing and comfortable to adapt to new things. I love it. I love it. So in a way, it was a good thing. It was a great thing. Great thing. Awesome. Great thing. Awesome. And I love that whenever you go back, like you go all in, you go watch the soccer games. You're, oh, yeah. you're all about it. Well, I mean, I'm basically Italian, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. We go on vacation, you know, because Vanessa, my wife, is, is Mexican and Italian. Uh -huh. and, yeah, and when we go there, you know, I just walk around with her and I have my shades on and stuff. We're just walking around and stuff. And, you know, people that don't know, they'll go up to her and start speaking Italian to her. Really? And I'll just sit there and I'll just watch her. <laughs> and she'll look at me like translate and say, no, 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 I don't no. speak Italian. We got it. <laughs> Especially when we go shopping. And that's, I, don't, I don't speak any Italian then. When it comes to that, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Kobe, you're going to get a kick out of this. Do you know how we, we came up? We've been doing this event for four years. Okay. And we call it Relentless just because right before I decided to do the event, our company was reading the book Relentless. Oh, yeah. which Tim Grover wrote. Yeah. So I just happened to think, that what a great name, and what if we can get Tim Grover to come? Uh -huh. So at Relentless One, Tim was here, and he shared with us what a cleaner was, at least what his definition of a cleaner is, right? Being that you're, I think, the embodiment of a cleaner and a winner, how did you being drafted 13th motivate you? Well, um, it's, uh, it's funny. So like, I had a couple teams that wanted to draft me. And you know, one was the LA Clippers at the time. You know, this was, it's not, it's not the Clippers of today. The ownership was a little different. Everything, there's a lot of different things about them. Right. But long story short, they decided not to draft me. And when I asked why, they said, well, if we draft you, uh, we don't think this market would take us very seriously to draft a high school kid. No joke. Wow. And so then when Charlotte drafted me, I get on the phone with their, at the time, president of basketball operations. And he gets on the phone and he tells me, say, all right, you know what's going on. You know we're trading you. I'm like, okay, I've kind of heard that. Right. So yeah, it's a good thing because we couldn't have used you anyway. Oh. You mother. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you, you, know, you, you go in the back and you have your draft hat on and you have all of these cameras in front of you, people snapping pictures and I'm on the phone. And he's a basketball legend, so I'm excited to talk to him. And then he hits me with that. And so immediately, I. My, my shit just transformed. It was like, tomorrow, I'm working out. How much time do I got tonight? Let's get this shit done. I got to get to the gym. Right. You know what I mean? It just completely changed my mindset. So it had a lot to do with it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. This is the competitive fire. You don't say that to me, right. man. Absolutely. You lost your damn mind. Absolutely, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's disrespectful. So disrespectful. I, I got to ask, I, this is not on the questions, but what, I mean, when you played against Charlotte, did you have like that little extra what? fire? Yeah. yeah, of course. Of course. I had a shot at the buzzer to beat him in, uh, in 2001 in Charlotte. 
and it was a, such a great feeling. I love that. Yeah, I love it was that. awesome. That's awesome. I love that. So next question, Kobe. Um, I remember your final time. I remember clearly watching this day. You were playing for Team USA. And I think you guys were playing Spain for the championship. It, yeah. It might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or wrong. Okay. And I remember it's like, you know, you were with all the greats. I think LeBron was on that team. I think Ray Allen was on that team. Everybody was on that team. And it was like there were a couple of minutes left, and they just kind of looked at you. Yeah. And it felt as though they needed you to win the game, right? What habits allow you to consistently come through in the clutch and specifically when it matters most? Just be calm. Just be calm. You know, sometimes you tend to overhype situations. You know, kind of our imagination gets in our own way. Yeah. You know, and at the time, you know, Brian, D-Way, a lot of those guys, especially Brian, was still young. Yeah. I hadn't really figured out those pressure situations. And for me, it was, I, was, I was able to detach myself from it and, uh, and, to, allow, and uh, to allow the work that I put in that practice to manifest itself during the game. Right. Right, so there's no need to panic. Like I've, I've taken these shots thousands and thousands of times before. Right. Nothing changes. Yeah. Right. I've had games that I've won, games that I've lost at the buzzer. You show up the next morning and you get to practice again anyway. Right, so um, not getting in your own way. Yeah. You know? but that, was, that was a fun timeout, because Coach K was in the timeout going crazy. <laughs> you guys are gonna fuck this up. We cannot lose this game. Pull it together. And I swear to you, and I, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking around. I'm kind of looking at the stands, and I'm hearing him rant. I'm seeing his hair moving, his face gets really red and stuff. And uh, you know, Brian's you know, biting his fingernails, that's like his habit. And uh, D-Way's like in his zone. Everybody's kind of doing their own little thing. And I just had a chance to kind of look around, take it all in. And then, you know, Coach K stands up and he has back issues, right? So he's kind of kneeling down because it's so important. And then he stands up and he kind of like oh, does one of those things. I had to laugh. Uh -huh. So I just started laughing. And Coach K looked at me and goes, it's not funny. I said, I'm sorry, Coach, but we got it, man. We got it. Relax. We got it. <laughs> He goes, all right, well, show me the black mamba. I was like, oh my God, did, he, did you really just say that right now? Did you really just say that right now? Don't worry about it, we're good. I love that, I love that. Money, you know, this, this made me think, my, that's my brother, but he, he, this made me think of something. We met Coach K in Vegas. We happened to be having dinner. I saw him. I respect the heck out of him. Yeah. So I sent over a nice bottle of wine to his table, and then afterwards he came over. We talked for like, 10 minutes, yeah. and he told me to ask you this. He said, ask him who's the only coach that has ever asked him to shoot. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Is that, is that, yeah, it tell was me him. about that. Well, there was, uh, you know, looking at the team, and when we put together this team, there was a lot of talk on, you know, how the pieces would fit together. Uh -huh. And looking around at the roster, we had a lot of guys that were capable scorers. Mm -hmm. you know, we had Carmelo, you know, Brian could fill it up, Wade could fill it up, I mean, on and on and on and on. But what we lacked was a, a person that was just going to dedicate themselves to stopping the other team's best player. And at the time, you had the best players on the opposition were generally guards and wings. Uh -huh. And so I said, that's going to be my responsibility. I have the ability, I have the tenacity to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. So that's why I told Coach K. I said, don't look to me to shoot. Let me just lock down these other guys. Give me all the film. And when you show up to play, you got to worry about, you know, Spanulis in the screen roll. Don't worry about him. I'm taking him out of the game. I love that. And so then as the game goes on, especially in close games, he's like, okay, I just want to remind you that you averaged 30 last year. Could you please shoot the fucking ball? Like, all right, man. All right, yo. Relax, man. Relax. Okay, okay, okay. I'll shoot it. Okay. 
Imagine that. I know, right? Imagine that, yeah. So, so another one just off the cuff, because um, I'm giggling here because you mentioned practice a couple times. And yeah. I don't know what it is. Every time I hear the word practice, I think of Allen Iverson. How can you I think, not? How can you not? <laughs> you guys remember that? I was like, practice? What the hell? Practice? So you couldn't be like more polar opposite than that. And I've heard awesome stories about you practicing at crazy hours. What, what was your practice routine like? Uh, the same stuff I do in the game, the same stuff I do in practice, man. Yeah. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing flashy. It's footwork. It's pull-up jumpers. It's... Uh, turnaround jumpers in the post, it's defensive slides, it's watching film. And you just do those things over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And, uh, and that's basically it. I mean, I, I get a kick out of now, like, because my daughter plays, and so I'm very close to the game, the youth game. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching all these kids, and people who are training these kids, and I just can't help but laugh. Because they're, they're dribbling with, like, 10 basketballs at once, and then they're dribbling two basketballs, juggling three tennis balls. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on right now? Like, I don't, did the rules of the sport change or something? We were like, and, uh, and I, I wanted to see how my daughter was going to react to one of these videos. Uh -huh. I just wanted to see what her natural reaction was going to be. Uh -huh. And so we started, and she was, you know, I showed her a girl that was her age, and she was dribbling with three basketballs going da 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 So I showed her the video, and she goes. <laughs> and walks away. That was it. I was like, oh, okay, mamba mentality. Mamba mentality. All right, I like it. And that's the next question. What does the mamba mentality mean to you? And what are some simple steps that we can take to apply it in business? You know, the most important thing about it is curiosity. That's the first step is, you know, do you have, you know, a curiosity to learn more and to figure out you know, it's not good enough to just understand uh, that something worked or didn't work, but you have to figure out why it worked and why it didn't work. And then take it a step further, figure out how you can manifest those things into existence the next time. Right. right? So like if you take a game, for example, you watch a game happen, and you look at a team that goes on a 15 to two run or something like that. And when you're watching film, most of the times, People will look at it and say, okay, yeah, that team played well, that team didn't play well. But no, but you gotta look at why those runs happened, what play started it, and then how do you, how do you stop it, mm. right? What little itty-bitty things led to a 15-2 run? Yeah. And then you figure out how to make those things happen again. Right. So they don't become an accidental thing, but Absolutely. you play with purpose. And it's the same thing in business. Same thing. Absolutely, I love that. 